As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I have the distinct pleasure today to spend time with a dear friend, Lisa Mulcahy, who is the Vice President of Workforce at the Northern Kentucky Chamber of Commerce, as well as Managing Director of Grow Northern Kentucky. Lisa, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So you and I got to know one another as a recent graduate of Leadership Cincinnati and myself. You and I got to know each other as a graduate in a Leadership Northern Kentucky 2015 classmate. You were leading that program at that time. And as I tell you and Amy Thompson, there's no better way to get to know someone vulnerably than to be in their leadership class of any leadership program that goes on around this world. So you've seen me and my authentic self. (laughs) And, And I also have to tell you, Lisa, to start off for anyone who has gone through these amazing programs, which many of our listeners, I know you in your car, you listen in the workout, you a lot of us have gone through these. And that was a pivotal time in my life mm-hmm. at the pamper pole to really challenge of what's next? What is next? What is going to, how are we going to live this beyond today and this year of experience, which we all have in these programs? And, you know, and I'll be very frank to say you're looking at two microphones coming out of that, what's next? How are we Mm going to go bigger? How are we going to be the leader of today and change the world? So I thank you for facilitating all of the work that went into bringing out the best in a lot of people. Well, how lucky am I? You got to do the Leadership Northern Kentucky program one year. I got to do it several years in a row. So, you know, I always like to think of those Leadership Northern Kentucky classes as our community's finest group of resources in one room for an entire year. Yeah. And that's amazing. The work and the business and the community development that comes out of those classes is just absolutely invaluable. Yeah. The upcoming class of Leadership Northern Kentucky, my dear friend and fellow classmate, Laura Mangi is leading the way on. And I was sharing with Laura just recently how many like truly lifelong relationships, mm-hmm. even the room that you're in, the building that you're in today, Lisa, mm-hmm. um, came out of a classmate relationship of two individuals who helped provide me some guidance, both Amy Quinn as well as Craig Carlson. Craig nice. and his team actually did the financing on the building that you're in today. And I would have wanted no one other than one of those two to help us in this effort, right? Absolutely. Because of nice. knowing their hearts and knowing who they are. So here, here to all leadership teams and classmates and that whole deal of really building lifelong relationships. So the bulk of our time today, I'm so excited to sit with you. You and I recently sat on a panel on workforce and what organizations Mm -hmm. could do to like lean into this work and take action and build themselves and build the community around them. So I'd love to learn more about the journey you're on with GROW Northern Kentucky and how that works regionally and what components of that you want our listeners to learn more about today. Sure, absolutely. So a little 
over, actually a little less than a year ago. We started out, we meaning a group of key stakeholders in the community. In fact, those stakeholders got together before I even entered the picture, but they got together to really talk about workforce and the challenges that we were facing as a region as it relates to workforce. You know, how do we get enough people in the positions that we need and how do we get the right people in those positions? So they started looking at the ecosystem of workforce. And in doing that, they recognized, first of all, very, very quickly that there are so many amazing things happening in workforce. Wow, do we have some pretty incredible partners out there really working to supply talent to business in the community. So they recognized quickly that that was happening. What they also recognized is that there were a lot of opportunities around sharing information and data and collaborating on these efforts, removing some duplication, if you will, of things that were happening. So they started to map out the lifeline or the life cycle of the talent pipeline. And they started looking at talent from an early childhood perspective, you know, kindergarten readiness. We need to make sure that our students are prepared for kindergarten. K through 12, what are we doing to expose our students that are in K through 12 to high demand industry sectors in our region? And then adult lifelong learning and career readiness. And then on to the demand side of workforce, which is talent attraction and retention and then employer policy and practice. So those five pillars of work, that's the focus of Grow Northern Kentucky. And if you look at each of those pillars, that's where you can really see the chamber step to the forefront with regard to advocacy. Because workforce in each of those pillars, obviously lots of advocacy and lots of legislation that could happen in each of those pillars to support workforce initiatives. And again, just to run through those for our listeners. So we talked about pillar one being kindergarten readiness. Yes. Pillar two, college and career readiness. Pillar three, adult learning and career readiness, Mm -hmm. lifelong learning and adult career readiness. Talent retention and attraction, employee engagement policies and practices. And there's an incredible amount of for-profit, not-for-profit community leaders in each one of those pillars are these distinct experts. So you're basically helping us as a region organize those Mm -hmm. and bring people together all pointed towards one objective and goal Mm -hmm. for our community and just helping individuals and convene. And you all have a space now that's designed for all of those partners to utilize and collaborate and to come together Because, boy, it could be a very fractured world within Mm -hmm. all of those spaces. Yeah. So, you know, this is a collective impact model. And we recognize that it's a very comprehensive, holistic approach to workforce because it brings together both the supply side of workforce as well as the demand side. But most importantly, I think what you'll recognize when you look at our organizational structure is that you see over 60 partners Mm. participating in this work. And the pillars that you mentioned are 100% driven by subject matter experts and certainly business and industry in the region. Yeah, and that's the piece I think it could even lead to the title of this episode, the collective impact and getting everyone in the room to row on the same team. Common agenda. And we know 
that so many times we all have an ultimate output we're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And it's getting people who are so passionate and who are experts in this space to work together to really achieve that. And I think yeah. that's something unique to our particular region. I know there's other parts of the world and hopefully our listeners that are in some of those parts of the world that see this type of collaborative cooperation the challenge, I've been in many of these conversations, they're challenging, mm-hmm. they're not easy, that we're working through this together to make our community stronger. Mm-hmm. And you've pulled a true regional makeup of talent and community leaders and business leaders to this table. Yeah, um, you betcha. And, you know, the one thing that I can say that really bubbled up to the surface when the planning started to take place with Grow is that the asset that we have in our community and in our region is that we are so incredibly collaborative. So when you talk about presenting a common agenda, in this case, you know, it's all about our businesses having a deep well of talent to pull from, and it's all about our talent in the community having a broad range of opportunity to choose from. So for us, you know, what bubbled up instantly is that we are so incredibly collaborative and willing to work to that common agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's many of the bodies of work inside of these pillars that our Mm -hmm. firm touches, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's pre-K works or on the Cincinnati side, the Cincinnati Preschool Promise, hearing the work of and understanding the work of Children, Inc. There are Children, Inc. is one of our significant advocates for the work that we do with all pro dads Mm -hmm. and have opened so many amazing doors and now learning everything that Tim Hanner set the foundation up for and Stephanie and yes. Dave Fleischel are leading the way and how all of these intersections go on. It's so inspiring mm-hmm. to see the collective impact of all of that coming together in so many different ways and so many different pillars that people are touching. What about the corporation that goes, well, how do I get access and what is this and how do I learn more about it? What can they do? do to learn more about it? What type of way can they step in? Yeah. So, you know, obviously through the chamber, you know, they can reach out to me personally and I can guide them in such a way that they can certainly engage a level of informing some of the work that we do, Mm -hmm. but also the resources that we have available. What we find, Mike, is that we do have so many resources across the region to help employers get the workforce they need. But so often, you know, our employers are busy building widgets and they don't necessarily have the time to go in search of the resources to get the talent that they need. So, you know, that's where we come in. We can really help them to figure out the best tools for them to attract and retain talent. And I think that's important to have that communication because every time I have an employer meeting, my goodness, I learn so much. Mm -hmm. I learned so much. It's so important that they inform a lot of this work. You know, let's reverse that talent pipeline, if you will, and let's take it where it starts, you know, at the employer level to say, what type of talent do you need? What competencies are so important to your organization? How do we get your employees in the door and get them productive on day one? And then what does it look like in five years? Yeah. Yeah. We talk through the lens of Centennial, as well as the Talent Magnet Institute, that the organizations and leaders listening to today's episode need to understand that it doesn't just happen by hoping Mm -hmm. people show up, right? Exactly. That there has to be intentional effort, goals, objectives, and lo and behold, budget that Mm -hmm. you apply to the opportunities of raising Mm -hmm. brand awareness and helping the community know that you exist and why people should come 
to your place of work. And some of the work that you're in doing is also informing around culture and yeah. policies and the way organizations mm-hmm. today need to be attractive. I'll go on record saying that if you're still an employer who says you get one week of vacation for the first three years of service, that's an immediate deterrent, right? There's Mm -hmm. so many things as an organization that we can do, and if we're not careful, we'll expel talent from ever even walking in our doors. That can be the way you treat people, the way you onboard people, the lack of listening, the way you treat people as transaction. And we say, oh, we just deal with turnover. If people would be more responsible and if people would just know how to have a work ethic. But the reality is our organizations need to treat people like people and mm-hmm. need to really think about how to create a proactive workforce. I was listening to a good friend who has a very robust business down in Nashville. And for a lot of those who have heard in the David Veely, the episode David Veely and I talked about how to become a talent magnet, he talks about the data statistics of Nashville and unemployment, right? And it's even tougher than here. Mm-hmm. And they have a unlimited PTO, Unlimited Mm -hmm. PTO through their employees. They said a couple things. You can't take any more than 10 days of vacation at a time. Mm -hmm. And they said, uh, well, oh, my, you know, everybody listening is going, well, what does that mean? How do I? Well, 23 years, you get three Mm -hmm. weeks of vacation. They said the average employee, and they do employ a lot of younger workforce, the average employee takes three weeks of vacation. Yeah. Right? And some that take five, hey, if you're still performing and you're crushing it, Mm -hmm. then go for it. Right. Yeah. I was heard a a podcast this morning I was listening to where the individual shared that you want to see the most loyal employee you can ever find. Find a stay at home mom working part time for a boss who cares about how that individual, how that mom is effective in their personal life. And I would even go so far to say that also the fathers that are staying home, I have a lot of friends that are stay-at-home dads. Mm -hmm. And if their employers are flexible and care and authentic, and I know from personal experience that some of our part-time employees get more done than your 60 hours a week employee in your place of work because of the environment we create for them and the ability we provide them for the autonomy. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I know those are a lot of the work we're trying to inform. Like, let's get employers to Mm -hmm. think proactively and think about the way we treat one another and the policies we have in place and the way that that conditions down. Yeah, so pillar five that you referenced, employer policy and practice. Over the last few years, we are seeing a shift in, I guess you could say, workforce trends that we have not seen in 50 years. And things aren't going to change much in our career lives. We are going to continue at this pace, you know, trying to develop workforce. And those numbers aren't going to change a whole lot, I would suspect. Mm -hmm. You know, but what we do know is that because of this trend of high employment, you know, we're basically at a full employment economy, arguably, but nonetheless, some of us believe it's a full employment economy. Employers are having to think differently, more differently than they ever have before. So in saying that, you know, data tells us the Work Institute retention study just came out for 2019. And they really talk about employee turnover in that study. And the number one reason why people leave is because of career development, you know, that they 
will leave if they do not see an opportunity for growth and career development. And then the second reason is work-life balance. It's exactly what you mentioned. So as an employer, I think it's wise to start to really look at your workforce and start to look at your high performers. We just had an organization recently talk to us about stay interviews. Mm-hmm. And this has been a hot topic because it's easy to incorporate into your right. organization. We do it all the time for clients, you know, yeah. stay interviews, we do those at the chamber, mm-hmm. you know, with our staff. Mm-hmm. Because you want to find out why your high performers are staying. It's a little too late at that exit interview to find out why they're leaving. So find out why they're staying and then build on that. You know, that's such a great resource. And earlier you mentioned onboarding, and I brought some interesting data that I just received from SHRM. 69% of employees are more likely to stay with a company for three years if they experienced great onboarding. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's huge. And you think onboarding, you know, you're really helping that person to get to know your organization and get to know the culture. But at the same time, in an onboarding process, you know better than anyone. You know, you're also getting to know that person and their perspective and what they bring to the team and how you can, you know, incorporate that into your work. Mm. It's an excellent opportunity for employers to really think through some retention efforts. Yeah, Yeah, we invest heavily, Lisa, in the work product of thinking of onboarding as a continuum, mm-hmm. right? That yes, the first week, the first month is critically important. The first day is critically important. I've been in manufacturers when we ask about onboarding and then they're mm-hmm. complaining about, you know, we walk in to help them hire a director of manufacturing or a VP of supply chain. And then all we hear about is we're looking for someone who can change the behaviors because our turnover is outrageous and we're costing. And I know I learned this from Marty Ashans many years ago when she was talking at an event where she was like, you know, we looked at our onboarding and turnover expense. You betcha. And realized if we're spending three and a half million dollars in turnover, what if we spent a portion of that up and were more proactive? So I've shared, I was with a company 18 months ago and they were talking about the amount of unreliable people and how they can't keep anyone. And one of the questions was, what's your onboarding experience look like? And they said, you know, we basically, I mean, they almost said it with pride, unfortunately, that we kind of throw them to the wolves. You know, that's the only way to learn here. And this is the way that we all learned. And you get thrown to the wolf pack and, you know, we spend a little bit of time, but then, you know, so we're trying with the Talent Magnet Institute to get people thinking about every year, as you said, organizational goals and objectives, you have an opportunity to onboard those talents in your organization to align to those goals and objectives, Mm -hmm. right? And the only way you're going to do it into the culture of your organization is really to understand the development of your people. It's not just about how you can develop them to perform the work that you need them to do, but how can you develop them to achieve their personal goals and objectives Mm -hmm. until we make employment personal, until we really understand what motivates people, those that don't care about it and just are looking at it as a transaction and complaining to all of the organizations mm-hmm. that you're not producing workforce, you know, it's like stop your noise. Mm-hmm. It's time to get proactive. Yeah. Take control. Look at the ways that you can change your behaviors to invest in those around you and lean into work like the body of work that you're convening mm-hmm. and leading here. Yeah. There is so much incredible work going on. And to be frank, a lot of the organizations that are winning are investing in early childhood, 
They're yes. investing in middle schools and high schools. Yes. They know that they're going to help. Even people that are paying for immediate college tuition because they're gaining employees who are working for them that bring talents and skills. Career development. That then sometimes they met in high school, right? Mm-hmm. So they're willing to pay for their undergrad. Yeah. Or their tech certificate because – and they are able to have them as employees. So sorry. I'll get off on my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> I like your soapbox. <laughs> but Lisa, I'm inspired by the every meeting I've shown up to, the people in the room are so incredibly engaged and emotionally connected to this work. It's amazing. And I hope that we do the same because they're everyone's inspiring me in every room I'm in or board mm-hmm. I'm on that are overlapping this work. And we're all starting to talk about it. We're all, you know, maybe starting out, the instrument sounded a little out of tune, but now the synergy. several months in, you can feel the synergy. We're all driving towards a goal and objective. Yeah. And every organization knows if you don't have the vision, goals and objectives set, and you don't align people innately to those goals and objectives and bring out their passions in that, you can't achieve anything. And no. I think we are, as a region, we're achieving some great things here. Yeah, and I think in the past, a lot of what we did around workforce was anecdotal, you know, and with this model, with Grow Northern Kentucky, you know, the partners came together to really define some metrics in each of those pillars that guide their work. And, you know, it feels so much better when you're shoulder to shoulder with a colleague or a partner that's working toward the same thing you are. You know, you're not alone. You are a community. And that's the beauty of Grow. And there's so much to celebrate. I don't think we did a great job in the past of celebrating all the amazing resources and things happening in this region. This is our opportunity. You know, this is our opportunity. So, you know, I'm excited to see where this goes moving forward. Lisa, as a prominent leader in our community who's been around many, many leaders, from a leadership characteristic standpoint, if you were to frame up the persona of our region right now, like how's our region leading? Are there personality traits that you're seeing? If you put the region as a leader, mm-hmm. right, that's a human being, how would you frame up the way that we're all working and what does that leader look like today? And the reason why I ask this is that it just feels amazing to mm-hmm. be in the Cincinnati USA region right now and mm-hmm. everything that's going on. And it feels like some shifts, some things have taken, some you know, next generation leaders have stepped up. The previous generation gave us the platform and the Mm -hmm. foundation. But share with me a little bit about what you feel is going on. Yeah, I think it's so incredibly exciting because, you know, I think we're moving beyond that's how we've always done it. Recognizing that we do have to look at things differently. And I am seeing leaders that although change can make us vulnerable, you know, of course, Mm -hmm. and adaptability is sometimes difficult. I'm seeing a lot of egos go to the wayside and more interest in understanding what's next for us and really working to develop a plan together. And when I say together, I mean as a region. I don't mean Northern Kentucky or Cincinnati. I mean us everyone together to really work toward success. So, 
you know, if you're looking at a policy or procedure, or maybe it's just a system that has been built within our region, you know, that maybe isn't performing as effectively as it should be, you know, our leaders are going into it not to solve the problem, but to fix the system and possibly even build a new system Mm -hmm. that could be more effective. Mm So, you know, there's less holding to my chest my work. It's more about sharing. It's more about continuous improvement. It's more, I'm seeing more open minds Mm. than ever before. And, you know, I have to say kudos to our business community because a lot of this is being led Mm -hmm. by the business community, Mm -hmm. you know, and philanthropic organizations typically, you know, they throw out a new opportunity, you know, and they throw out a pilot but kudos to the business community for picking up the reins and running with the opportunities that, mm-hmm. that have been put out there. Yeah, the collaborative nature of yes. what's going on yes. is so unique mm-hmm. that, like, let's leave our egos at the door because yeah. it's not what you're all about. And I do believe that sometimes ego and passion can get misunderstood. 100%. And, you know, I should have said that from the very beginning because, you know, you are talking about people who genuinely care mm-hmm. about their work. Mm-hmm. You know, and they genuinely care about outcomes. Mm-hmm. And they work so incredibly hard to make things happen. Mm-hmm. But because things are moving so quickly now, you know, we have to respond. We have to forecast. We have to look at things differently. Yeah. And, you know, those leaders have really stepped to the plate to say, hey, I've been doing this for the last 10 years and I have worked and there's been sweat, blood and tears on this work. But you know what? If we really want to make a change to this work and we think that it's going to move, and I say we, Mm -hmm. meaning the collective, if we can come together and make it even better, I'm all for it. Yeah. That's exciting. That is really exciting. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that. I think that all of us can take many lessons from that. Mm -hmm. And again, what got you here won't get you there. Um, (laughs) And the way we're thinking about the future is not of how what got us here. It's what's going to get us there. Yeah, absolutely. And how are we going to go for it? And how are we going to lead well? And my prayer and hope is we do it with locked arms, right? Oh, you betcha. Um, that we, we bring, have to. Yeah. You know, we can only move this work as far and fast as trust will take us. Yeah. You know, so locking those arms and being in it together, you betcha, that's what it's going to take. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of the work, I, you know, think back to 14, 15 the way our communities have come together on initiatives really since then. Mm-hmm. And I know there were amazing things that happened before then, but things I was personally involved sure. with. And being able to see, you know, at the end of the day, if we all listen to understand, we build stronger trust foundation and people believe in one another's ultimate cause. And when we do this together and we're intentional about being inclusive mm-hmm. in that work, this shows, to be frank, I think – This shows the power of being intentional around inclusion Mm -hmm. and rallying people together. And despite what your cause and my cause and your belief and my belief, at the end of the day, we're all trying to create a very similar outcome. And I want you on my team. You betcha. And, you know, we talk about our partners coming together. And I've been invited to participate in some national convenings. Mm -hmm. And what I realized at those national convenings is that 
partners don't necessarily collaborate like ours do. Mm. You know, I'm not saying we're the only one in the nation that collaborates like we do, but I'm going to tell you that we are rare. And, you know, I think about our Workforce Investment Board, and I think about our Kentucky Career Center, and I think about how willing that group is to really coming together and convening other partners. And I get super excited about that. And on the demand side, you know, we're asking employers to come to the table as a collaborative within their industry sector, which means competitors are sitting shoulder to shoulder with other competitors. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're asking them to come to the table and talk through solutions. Mm -hmm. And they're doing that. Mm -hmm. That's big. That's really big. Yeah. 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 And thank you to all of those listening who, well, one, thank you to all those listening, um, (laughs) but also to those that have touched any part of this work And thank you to those who from today will either in this community reach out and extend and say, hey, I want to learn more or in your own community, identify you are the leader of today Mm -hmm. and you can be the one to bring people together. And if you find yourself as the one that's always pushing against something, you know, my belief is just help people understand why you view it this way and why you are so passionate about it that you might be the one that could be the cog in the wheel and good for you to stand for that, but also you might be able to learn from others. So let's keep leaning in to this Mm -hmm. type of community impact and the collective impact and all that that stands for. And Lisa, thank you for your leadership in this. No, you're welcome. And to go from, you know, I put myself in the category, you know, sometimes it feels like we're all herding cats and now it feels like we're getting ready. We're a bunch of horses, thoroughbreds and the starting block. And that takes a lot of organization. Yes, it does. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, I have an amazing steering committee of leadership that's guiding this work. Um, Rhonda Whitaker with Duke Energy is chairing that steering committee. And I could not ask for a better group of mentors. A year and a half ago when we entered into this work, you know, I didn't have a workforce background. And each of those steering committee members had stepped up to really mentor me through the process. Mm -hmm. So I would be remiss if I didn't say this work is truly collective at all levels. (laughs) Well, again, the sign of great leaders, including that steering committee, they know how to hire the right leader to put in that position. Ah. So regardless, you knew a lot about people and you know a lot about enthusiasm and energy and rallying people and bringing out the best of all people. And thank you, Rhonda and Brent and everyone else who's involved in that and bringing Lisa into this role for this particular time in our region. We all appreciate that. So Lisa, thank you for the opportunity to sit across from you today as friends and as partners in this. Thank you to our listeners. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review if you have not. We also would like for you to become more aware of what's going on with GROW and with our region. And if you're, you know, half of our listeners are outside this region and we want to continue to model the behaviors and share what's going on. So utilize us as the model. I know that we're willing to share the model globally to help all communities rise and to be the best version of themselves. So thank you. And we look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review.
The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity.